What? You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League. What is up, boys and girls? Welcome back to the Buy, Hold, Sell, Avoid for Round 16. I'm Andy, your host, and we have a full crowd for tonight with a couple of debutants, which is very exciting. So, But first off the rank, we've got Kyle. How are we, brother? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, that couple of weeks off from fantasy uh, did wonders for me, and I finally watched a team that I support win. Uh, look, we were just discussing earlier about Palmetto in the grand final. I'm 32 years old and still haven't seen one, but it'll come. <laughs> now, right, let's welcome our first debutante, our new analist, Robbo. How are you, mate? You excited for the show? Be excited if you can actually pronounce words properly, but no, it's good to be on the show. Um, as the listeners would probably know, uh, in the first few weeks, uh, being a part of the Talking League team, I've been putting people to sleep with my writing and now I get to do it in the audio format. So looking forward to it. <laughs> no, not true, mate. It's very, very quality articles. And last but not least, we have our new producer, straight from the promised land, Josiah the Messiah. How are you, buddy? Hello, my son. So I'm here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, just before we start, a few new recruits have written some absolute quality articles. So uh, head over to Talking League, www.talkingleaguepod.com. Or visit the Talking League Facebook page for any direct links. All right, boys, let's rip in. Our first player to talk about, we have Isaac Tango. Uh, so he's 510K, a break even of 54, and he's owned by 46% of people in the top 1,000. What do we reckon, Jason? Robbo, do we think it's a time to sell him or hold him? I was like Tungo, he's actually quite an interesting discussion point when you're looking at the centre position in general. Um, as most people know, centre position is the weakest position in NRL fantasy by some margin. Um, and if you look at uh, his stats, there's two trends that people in the fantasy community have been talking about in the past few weeks. So I'm not going to pretend that they're my original ideas, but they've certainly been out there. And those two players are Nathan Cleary and Brian Toto um, impacting his score. So obviously Cleary coming back in round four, Totu coming back in round nine. So if we look at Tungo in the first three weeks of the season, he averaged 55. He should have been in the 60s if he didn't do a double movement against the Dragons, but um, we'll let that rest. Since Cleary returned in round four, he's averaged 39 in games where Cleary's played, and it's actually the same when Tungo's featured in the team as well. So you look at his price now, he's probably priced on or around, you know, a 39 average, and we can probably expect that for the rest of the season he's going to score 39, which, look, it's not a disgraceful um, average for a centre. It's not going to be the best. So you're probably looking at him going, he's not really a ceiling player. So only two scores above 50 since round four, not that exciting. Already played his Byron, and you know he's probably, I would say, maybe the eighth or ninth best centre option going down the stretch because obviously you've got Burton, who's your number one player, been out of position. You've got Graham, Manu, and Lomax. You can put them in any order you want. They're probably in that second tier. And then you've probably got the likes of Stags, Talakai, Ramian, 
Penasini, and I'd probably even throw Luke Garner into that sort of third tier. So there's probably seven or eight that are going to be better than him. So for me, he's a sell. The only reason I would be keeping him would be is if you don't have two of those options that I've just listed, plus Kohler as well, because Kohler's probably going to average on or around about the same as Tungum, if not maybe a little bit less. So he's a sell for mine, Andy. Yeah, you'd think most people would have all those people that you mentioned. So uh, sell, sell watch for Tungo. All right, next on the list. Um, TK's favourite player at the moment, Will Kennedy. So he's 254K, a break-even of 14, only owned by 1% of people in the top 1,000. Kyle, what are your thoughts on TK's favourite man at the moment, Will oh, Kennedy? Yeah, mate, I'm getting sick of listening to the name, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, as a couple of others have said, he's, uh, he's doing wonders with his narratives and he's starting to make uh, – make him a believer um you know some of the things he's been talking about which are, are very relevant you know he's a really good cash out he's got probably for a cash out option he's probably got the best drop security out of out of anyone sort of sub 300 where you want to be looking for your cash outs um you know obviously if you are going to pick him up as a cash out you really only want to be playing him in round 17 i would not have him anywhere near my 17 outside of round 17 um i would have him way down the bottom as far at the bottom as i could um, you know, his scores have been average at best, like, you know, three scores in the 20s, and those were three games that he scored tries, and he only scored, you know, well, I think it was a 20, a 21, and a 26 with a try. That's, yeah, that's nothing to really rave home about, to be honest. And, um, and he had those minus four and minus six, so, like, man, that's just sick material, really. Um, but I think, you know, if you're going to use him as a cash-out option, you better hope he plays well in round 17. Um, you know, when you look at his last game, he said, I did 42 points, the highest score of the year, and without a try, believe it or not. You know, I think, are we starting to see an improvement in his scores? With a, with a score like that, it's 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 actually not too bad. Um, and, you know, is he, is he, is he going to have more involvement going down the home stretch? We don't know. If you want to get him as a cash out, maybe you want to see that. Um, that leads me into his stats from last year. Stats at callback last year, 39.5, or sorry, his average was 39.5. So you go back and have a look at that. That's actually pretty pretty decent for a wing fullback. And if you've got him as a, an emergency and as a cash out of 250K and he starts hitting around that 30, 35 points, not only is he a good emergency, but he is going to make a little bit of money, which down home straight, you don't need to worry too much about that. So maybe having an emergency that's going to give you that isn't all bad. So I think you can pick him up whether it be this week or next. If he scores 40 points this week, are you getting him next week? Oh, I'm actually thinking about getting him this week then. <laughs> oh, TK will not hear the end of it. <laughs> oh, let's move on. Our next player on the topic, uh, Ryan Puppenhausen. He's uh, 756K. That is quite a lot for a player come back from injury. Break even at 54. Only 1% owned again, and he's in the top, uh, in the top 1,000. So what are your thoughts? Robbo, do we buy, hold, sell, avoid? What are your thoughts? So I guess it's probably best to start with why Pappenhausen is, you know, the talk of the town at the moment. Obviously, he's returning this week. And why he's probably so important to us is, you know, everyone's going to have Hines in the wing of fullback. So he's almost irrelevant in the sense that everyone has him. There's no differential there. But Pappenhausen, particularly if he goal kicks, is probably going to match Tedesco down the stretch, you would say. It'll be very close. It'll be, you know, flip a coin as to who averages the best. But Pappenhausen, because he hasn't been playing, probably going to play around 17, um, as opposed to being in the Origin Arena like Hines will be, and obviously Tedesco. But 
as mentioned, he hasn't played since round nine. And he went into that game with knee cartilage damage. And then in that game against the Dragons, where I think the Dragons got thumped. Enjoy that one, Corby. Uh, he not only injured his knee again with ligament damage, he also injured his ankle and his hamstring. So, you know, for Snake's takes, getting a player to do three injuries in one play, well, mate, imagine the payout on that. <laughs> but the point for bringing that up is, as NRL Physio alluded to, like it's a pretty complex rehab. You don't know how he's going to go when he comes back. So long story short, you need to actually see him play before you can pick him up. So the three things I would be looking at when he does play, which I think will be this round, it's likely he's Jersey 19, but he's probably going to be in there. You know, Bill and me, all his tricks. You want to see how he moves. You know, is he getting there and supporting the ball carrier like he does? It's his trademark, um, you know, approach to fullback play, whether he actually goal kicks or leaves that with Nini. And what's his approach to kick returns? Like, is he actually, when he takes the ball, is he actually running to the line or is he gesticulating to his winger to bring them over to do the hit up? Because, you know, as a fullback, those cheap run meters off kick returns are where he's going to push himself up towards you know high 50s, which is going to be elite for winger fullbacks this year. So until he actually plays, it's really hard to be enthusiastic and say, yeah, buy him. And I'll just throw this question back to you, Andy. We're looking into round 18, hypothetical scenario. Panthers are playing the Roosters this week, and let's just say Panthers go out and trash the Roosters, which obviously Joey will enjoy. Tedesco goes out, gets a 35, you know, not too bad when your team gets demolished. He drops down to 730, and you've got Pappenhausen, if he doesn't play or does play, he'd probably be about 750 in round 18. Mm. For the run home, which one of those two options are you taking? The Tedesco 20K cheaper, who hasn't been hurt this year, or you're taking Pappenhausen? Well, it is tough, isn't it? Because Teddy has had a good run, but he's also slowed down in a bit of form recently. So you can also see why the whole, you don't know what Pappy could do. So that one, if he plays one good game, let's just say he plays gets a 40 from the bench or he starts this week, gets 40, it's almost like you're, you're willing to do it. And, and that's what's going to split the top 1,000, I reckon. It's going to have that decision because Teddy's pretty highly owned. Hey, um, Josiah, can you just check the ownership of Teddy in the top 1,000 for us while we keep going? Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting to one. I'd probably, if, if Paps looks good and looks fresh, I think I'd probably make the swap to Paps because Paps was better than him last year. So, and Teddy's sort of slumping down. So, yeah, that's what my decision would be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess in the in the short term, just to make it clear to the listeners, we're saying hold off this week. Actually watch him play some footy first. If you want to take a fly on him in round 17, go for it. But just make sure he gets through a game first and uh, go from there. So avoid awesome. for this week. Reassess next week. Nah, 100% agree. All right, next off the list, uh, we've got another one of uh, uh, TK's faves. Brian to- Oh, So he's 587K. Shocking that he's that low. Break-even of 23, owned by 8% of people in the top 1,000. Um, what are your thoughts, Kyle? Is he a, do we time to bring him in or hold him if we've got him? Oh, yeah, if you've got him, he's definitely a hold. Look, we've talked about him, you know, extensively, or not extensively, but we've, we've, we've touched on him in the last few weeks. And I've said that I, I, I'm looking and watching and I'm thinking that they're starting to play a lot more to the right inside the Panthers with Thor come back into form, you know, and, and he's looking so much more dangerous with with ball in hand outside Crichton there on the right. Um, everyone was sort of saying, you know, if he goes back to left, definitely we'll pick him up. But even now on the right, he's still a, a really good option. Um, you know, you, you saw him in origin. He had a really good origin origin match as well, and that was on the left. So, you know, it's on the other side. He can play either side. If he gets the ball, he's going to score the points, which, which we're seeing happening and evolving in the last few weeks that he's been getting more pull. I was really tempted to get him in this week, and I've been talking about him for a couple of weeks. I just think 
with that third origin being a decider, I think that's going to be a really physical, fast, fiery game. And you could see some players really taking a bit of a battering and possibly sustaining, you know, some minor niggles and, and, and possibly a lot of them being rested in round 18. I think, you know, I, I, I think he's not going to get any cheaper, but I don't think he's out of, out of reach yet. If he does bang up a good score this week, you can wait till after origin. Um, see how he goes in Origin. See how he comes out of it. Pick him up after, after around uh, around about the round nineteen. So he's in a void at the moment. But reassess after Origin. It's just too risky picking up Origin players during this period. No, I think we're all in agreement. All of us are nodding our heads. So, uh, Joey, did you say you had that um, figure for Teddy? Hey, mate. Yeah. So for the top thousand, he's fifty five point six zero percent owned. Ooh, compared to a currently one percent ownership in in pups, so that that could definitely swing. But that's a pretty a pretty big decision for owners to make. So, yeah, I like that actually. That's a pretty good shout. All right, next off the rank, uh, a player that I'm really excited to hear, Robbo, uh, anal eyes. <laughs> so, Jerome Hughes, six hundred k, a BE of forty five, only four percent ownership. Now, Robbo. Is the second seeded half Hughes a pickup or is he a hold or, or a wait? Sorry, he may not be any of those three categories actually, Andy. And you'll find out in a second. So, <laughs> starting with Hughes, and I don't want to big note myself at all because a lot of people had similar ideas pre-season. So, the start of this year is in terms of the game style going back from that you know, track meet style that we had last year where if you dominate possession, you held the ball, you'd score 50 points on the lesser teams and all your attacking players would go nuts. Jerome Hughes, along with Tom Turbo, Tom Trevojevic, are probably the two players that were going to be affected most by the rules. And it seems to have played out that way um, in the sense that Hughes is averaging 48, which more on that in a second. And we just go back to his last game where he played in round 15 and played very, very well. Let's not let's not forget that. But I would say it's almost close to a perfect game for Jerome Hughes when they smashed the Broncos. He scored 64 points, which you're looking at going, yeah, that's really good. Two tries, line break, try assist, and he, inverted commas, only scored 64, which is a concern for me because if you look at the other halves that, you know, your Cleary's, your Cherry Evans, your, your Dylan Brown, your Mitch Moses, even your Jamal Fogarty and Adam Reynolds, if they score two tries... Line, uh, line break and a try assist, they're going north of 75 easily. Mm. I know some of them have got the goal kicking, but they're getting there. And that's his ceiling, basically, a 64, which, look, don't get me wrong, that's good, but he's had to do an awful lot to get to 64. And if we go back to 2021, the numbers are actually quite interesting. So last year he averaged, I think it was 61.8, but let's just round down to 61 to make this um, you know, a bit more balanced. This year he's a 48.7 average from memory. Let's round that up to 49. So we've got a difference of 12 points there, yeah? 2021, so between 2021 and 22, his kick meters, his meters gained, his tackle busts, um, you know, kick diffusals, they're all roughly the same, roughly the same, so pretty much irrelevant. Where the main difference is for him, though, is in net tackles. And what I mean by that is when you look at net tackle points, that's the amount of points they get on average from tackles, minus two for every missed tackle that they make. So in 2021, for Hughes, his net tackle average in a game was 15. 2022, it's seven. So that's a difference of eight points. So of that 12-point variance from last year, two-thirds of it, or eight of 12, comes from his tackling. So I'm assuming that's probably to do with the way the game's been played this year as opposed to going one or two out attacking the halves like he did last year. It's going more down the middle, and that's where most of those gaps are appearing. Another point as well, in 2021, he averaged essentially a line break and try assist every single game, which the game style suited him, so he was able to do that. 
those numbers have come back down. I think it's 0.6 for try assists and 0.4 for line breaks. There's your other four points. So basically, his 12-point variance has come from that change in the game style. So what we've got here with his average at about 48 is probably the best we can expect from him this year. Keeping in mind, his try scoring rate this year is 0.8. Or, you know, every five games he plays, he scores four tries. So he's getting attacking points. But he's averaging under 50. Yep, 600K. He is underpriced slightly. But if you're looking to be ambitious and by ambitious, you know, pushing to the top two and a half or up to the top thousand, the top 500, top 250, top 100, whatever your goal is, Jerome Hughes isn't going to be that player that's going to deliver you there. So for me, he's an avoid. Unless your team value isn't going to get anywhere near 13.25, you need to make a couple of shortcuts to give yourself a well-rounded team. But for those ambitious listeners out there, for me, he's an avoid, although he does play around 17. How about the analysis from, from Robbo there? <laughs> that was good. I actually, because I was thinking about picking him up, I was thinking about doing the Harris to Hughes, but I was I sort of been talked out of it, and I think you've probably just maybe at least wait a week. I think just wait and see, you know, if this Munster injury even um, changes or not. So, now uh, nice one there. Uh, next off the rank, we've got oh, a crowd favourite. I think he's might just be my favourite uh, option this year, this week, Mitchy Barnett. 589k, a break even of 36, only 9% owned currently. I reckon that might be more uh, in the top 1,000. But uh, Mitchie Barnett, is he a buy or is he in a void, Kyle? Yeah, man, his, his name's coming up heaps this week. Um, uh, you know, even leading into round 17, we all knew that we were going to keep an eye on him. Um, you know, now that he's got that edge spot, and someone mentioned it, that I don't know if there's anyone else that's going to be jumping on that night's edge. Him and and Frizzell probably going to take the 80 minutes each, I guess. Um, you know, uh, in three games this year, he's averaged 40 points. You take out that one game where he scored that one point after that send-off, he's averaging 59.5. So, uh, And it's an average in, six, in 73 minutes, which is well above his career average year of 46.4 when playing over 70 minutes. So, you know, there's only a small sample size from, from this year. Went back and had a look at um, Jake's um, write-up about him. And if, if you go back and look at last year's average on that edge, he managed also 56.7 on an edge. So for an edge player to average 56.7 in around the 80-odd minutes, that's decent. And, and 47 points of that was base. So, you know, uh, and, and when you think about it too, with Ponga being out, you know, this week, possibly he's going to be out next week, guess he's probably going to be goal-kicking as well if Clifford's not there. Who? Mitch Barnett. I've forgotten that fact. How good's that? I haven't even got that written down. It just popped into my head. So, is, he um, the, is he the second heaviest kicker behind Takiyaha? Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> probably is, mate. Yeah, um, but yeah, just just a fact there. Um, he's a great option, and I think he's going to get that eighty minutes on the edge. So, uh, I think he's a real good option, and um, pick him up this week or next. Have a look, see what you think. If you want him this week, get him this week. If you want him next week, get him next week. Nice one, and look. I guess on the other edge, this is the one that sort of a debate that's been out there in the uh, in the socials currently is the other edge, Tyson Frizzell. So he's 667K, a little bit pricier. He's break-even is 64, uh, 5% owned in the top 1,000. I'd say he's probably a bit more consistent, but what are your thoughts? Are you a Frizzell fan or are you a Barnett fan, Robbo? What do they say in the old El Paso ad? You know, why can't we have both? Por que no los dos? Off, that's right. Yeah, Spanish. Spanish is definitely not my forte. <laughs> so, 
As TK, or as we call him at HQ, Tristan said uh, on the show yesterday, 784K was his max price this year. I think it was about round three, round four he got to that. And to be honest, I think that's probably close to his inverted commas true value. Now, the reason for that is, is we look at his appearances this year. So he's played 12 games. Nine of them, he's managed to play the 80. So in those three, he hasn't. He had a HIA against the Raiders. There was some sore ribs, I believe, in one of them, and then an ankle and maybe a hammy in there as well. So if we look at the 80-minute appearances, we've got nine nine games, so a decent sample size this year. He's averaged 57.8 in those matches, which for an edge, that's elite. That is. Where it gets even better for him, though, is you look at in terms of where those points are coming from. So if we look at what I would describe as pure base, so our net tackles and our run meters for an edge, he averages 45. 45. Mitch Barnett actually does the same as well. So for anyone worried about Barnett's base, it's really good too. So he's got 45 of that 57.8 coming from, you know, easy base for him. He's also got one offload to hand per game. Funnily enough, he's not actually had an offload that hasn't gone to hand this year. So again, suggests good ball security and, and choice of when to offload. And three tackle bus per game. So if you look at that, see 45 base, three tackle bus, one offload to hand, that's 55 points. And that's just a stock standard game in the office for Tyson Brazil. He's got some attacking stats in him. He hasn't overly relied on them to get that 57.8 when he's played the 80. Three tries this year, one tackle assist, and the line break. So there is upside there attacking-wise, but the base is very, very solid and very, very reassuring uh, in terms of if you were looking to pick him up. He's probably not going to get picked for Origin unless Fred decides he wants to make another eight changes, which, hey, can't rule it out with Galaxy Brain. But... Assuming he doesn't, he's not a bad captaincy option for anyone who can't afford to get a Madison or a Puppley in there for round 17, which unfortunately is probably going to be my situation. So with that HIA-affected score, he is that bit more attainable. He's 667. He'll probably be there or thereabouts between the 650, 675 next week. So for me, he's a buy. You can either grab him this week if you need to get rid of someone like a butcher or something, which we'll probably talk about later, or... More likely what I'm going to do, I'm going to wait till round 17, make sure he gets through it okay, because obviously if he gets another HIA, he's probably sitting on the sidelines for a few weeks, just like his teammate Ponger is. So for me, he's a buy, either this week or next. Let's jump on. So, uh, gun to your head, Barnett or Frizzell, you choosing Frizzy? There's actually a question on that in the next section, so I'm oh, not going to answer that. Let's don't, just don't, tease don't. that. Hey, the host should know that. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, last player that we'll talk about before we hit some questions. Uh, we've got Ryan Madison. Now, let's just assume he's he's playing, I guess, playing or not playing. I suppose you have to take that into account. 827K, pretty high. Break even of 73. Uh, he's only owned by 5% of people in the top 1,000, which is pretty low in, in my opinion. Uh, but what do you reckon, Cole? Is he a buy or is he a void? Yeah, look, I've taken that injury into account. And uh, obviously, he's, he's out this week and he's in a void, obviously, at the moment. Um, with that injury as well, you know, there's no guarantee that he plays round 17. If he does, um, <laughs> you know, if he does play round 17, he could still be playing reduced minutes. You know, you've got IPAP there. He can play 80 minutes in the middle and play on the edge. So, you know, and there's, there's enough... Uh, uh, position players on the bench that can cover him you know he said he could see the reduced minutes until it settles down um, it would have been nice to see him play this week because um, he's got that high BE so he, we could have got him a bit cheaper um, you know I think it's too much of a risk to be bringing him in at this time of the year we have to need, need to see him settle into that role 
and and have that you know the the, the risk of of staining that re-injuring that rib cartilage is quite a high one and he, we know that he's going to be playing through the pain probably getting a needle needled up um, before the game and then maybe during half time if, if it gets too much so I think it's just too much of a risk and, and if we're buying him now you know that we're buying him at the top of the market I can't see him going any higher than where he's at and his 73 B yes we know that he can uh, he can get it um, he picks it sorry his 73 B it's high we know he can make that but if you want to pick him up with a rib cartilage injury there's as I said there's a very high chance he gets lower minutes and he won't get anywhere near that 73 BE and also we know about his HIA history as well Very nice um, Yeah look I guess you could just do the Bikina Los Dos and go a, a Mitchie Barnett this week and a Frizzell next week <laughs> That's what I was saying Alright <laughs> uh, guys let's just cross over to, to Joey with his news update before we have a break Yeah thanks boys so couple of news updates today. Uh, it's some injury news I want to talk about. A few players that we've already mentioned on the pod. First one I'm going to start with, obviously, is Cameron Munster. We all know he got injured in that Origin game. Uh, I personally don't think he'll play. I think we're all in agreement with that. But from the NRL physio, it was that he aggravated an AC joint. Um, he was a chance to play, but a decision was going to be made later in the week. Mostly a pain management issue, especially with no tearing and painkilling injections, padding are commonly used. Uh, look, I I don't think I, I think they can afford to rest Munster against Manly as well, so I don't think he'll play. The next injury news was who you just spoke about, Ryan Madison. We obviously said it was a rib injury there, and ribs can take quite a toll. You think about rugby league where you're tackling and and um, taking those hit-ups. So for him, again, it's a pain management issue. However, they are saying that most return within one to three weeks. So not too bad if he is out. I don't know if he will play, um, but if he is out, yeah, it's only one to three weeks. I definitely think you could hold him if you have him. And the last one was Payne Haas, who hopefully by now you've all sold. Um, you'll get Payne Haas's injury and he suffered a low-grade high ankle sprain, but is still hopeful of playing for the Broncos this weekend. I think Haas might. We've seen him do it time and time again. When he did his AC a few weeks back, he played on. So I think he may play this week. Uh, it's just, I guess it's just dependent on game day. But, yeah, don't hold your hopes. If you uh, need to make trades, make trades. Otherwise, take some players out. The only other player of interest for injury for me and fantasy relevance was Caelan Ponga with that concussion. I don't have him, but I know some people would. Uh, it's one week at the most at the moment. So, yeah, we'll see how he goes, but he should be back next week. I've actually got Ponga in draft, and I just wish he was out for the season. I, I, I don't want to put him in my team, but I don't know. But yeah, it's a bit of a conundrum I have every week, and TK tries to pester me for it. <laughs> All right, before, we go to the, <laughs> before we go to the break, guys, I'm just going to mention the Game Day Squad competition to win packs of NFT cards and the Rugby League merch competitions to win $40 gift voucher will be out Thursday and Friday at 12 o'clock. So that's 12 p.m. midday, not, not midnight for you guys. <laughs> uh, so visit the Facebook page to enter the comps. All right, we're back after this break. All right, we're back. 
Uh, look, now time to hit some Q and A questions. So this is we're going to ask. We're going to spread the spread the um the questions around the crew today. So first one we've got Charles Walters. Kyle, this one's for you. Is Hughes more of an option now, and is Cotter a trade? Yeah, look, with that analysis that Jason just came up, he's totally put my uh, notes right out of kilter. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's making me think again now. No, um, he has been scoring well the past few weeks, um, but I think his scores have been propped up by tries. You know, as I mentioned um, a couple of weeks back, that last score of 64 was propped up by uh, a higher than usual tackle count. And um, and the, and the couple of tries that have propped them up, but also those higher scores that he has been putting out this year have been because he's been uh, uh, getting those attacking stats and, and and a try or two in there. Um, I think if Munster's out, you can pull the trigger. I feel that if if, if Munster is missing this week, the Storm are really going to rely on uh, Jerome Hughes, and you're going to see a lot of ball go to him. Um, I just think. Um, if, if, if Munster does play, I think you can wait again on Hughes just to see where he's at. Um, you know, uh, Manly at Brookvale are going to be a really tough challenge. So um, so if Munster plays, I think you can wait. If he doesn't, I think you can pull the trigger and bring Jerome Hughes in. Uh, with regard to the Cotter, yeah, he's definitely a trade. This time of year, it's, you know, it's, it's far too much money to be sitting on your bench, missing out on valuable points that you could have uh, with someone else. Like we've spoken, Tyson Frizzell, Mitch Barnett, they're all guys that... Uh, almost cut price keepers, especially Tyson Brazil. So I think that you're missing out on valuable points if you're holding on to Ruben Cotter. Um, you know, um, with it coming into late season, you really need to start thinking about your final team and who you want in that final team and holding some of that, that price. You just need to be moved on because, as I've said again, um, you're just missing out on valuable points. I think you spot on there. A lot of options to sort of hold these sort of players. Uh, Rob, this one's for you. This one's one William Rob- Whoops, William Roberts. I was going to say Robin Williams, but yeah, <laughs> William Roberts. Thought you got thought you guys on Hudson Young pick up as a keeper edge or don't trust Sticky Ricky. So this is an interesting one, actually. So if you look at Hudson Young, his price is seven hundred and nine, which is almost perfect for us. Two K more, he'd be our favourite player. Reasons obvious. Uh, so with him, I think he's great. He's not at an eye gouging price. Get that one. Um, my issue with him, though, is you've got the other options that actually play in round 17. As we know, Raiders played round 13. We've spoken about Barnett. We've spoken about Frizzell. In terms of the opportunity cost of buying Hudson Young over those two, that's probably not the way I'd go. But if you're a pure head-to-head player or you've already got one or two of those players, yeah, jump on. Just be prepared for the fact he doesn't play round 17. Hey, Joey, do you have um, Hudson Young's percentage owned in the top 1,000? Yeah, sweet. Um. All right, next one's for Kyle. Matthew David, he asks, is Munster a trade with the shoulder? And if Aiken isn't named, do we punt for Bird or a similar role? Yeah, look, we talked about Munster before uh, regarding that AC shoulder injury. Uh, he's definitely a hold. There's, there's no way if you've got him, you'd sell him. That's crazy. Um, you know, he might only miss this week. Um, and if he doesn't, if he does play... He's probably, I know if he does play, you want him in the halves. But I think if you can, try and loop him, see where he's at. He may have a 
he may have problems with that shoulder. He could go off at 40 minutes if he's having problems. He'd go off any time of the game if he aggravates at all, because I know Bellamy won't want to risk him going into the back end of the year, and, and sure as hell uh, Queensland won't want him uh, re-injuring that shoulder and, and putting him out for that game three, which they'll really need him for. You know, note, you know, if the Storm get out to a really healthy lead, he could also be a really big part of that and could really rack up some good points. So, um, you know, but, but as I said, he may also get an early mark if, if, um, if the Storm are well ahead. I, I, I can't see that happening, um, but I think he's a good option to loop this week because we don't know what could happen if you do have him. Um, with Aitken, we, he has been named, we know that, in the centres. I think he's just a hold this week. We'll see how he goes versus the Tigers. I'm looking forward to going to Mount Smart, and I think we're going to see all those Warriors players up for a really huge game. Um, the Tigers haven't really been playing that well, and I think we'll, um, we'll see some good scores across the park from the Warriors players, not only on the scoreboard, but from a fantasy perspective as well. Um, he might only play centre for one week. I honestly don't think he will. I think Stacey's got it right in the call of putting a good defensive centre out there. They've, they've had problems all year in that centre position um, with uh, defence, and we know that he's a really good defensive centre. We've seen it when he's played uh, on the edge, and we've seen him at the Dragons as a really good defensive centre. So um, we do note, though, he only averages 33 at centre for the Warriors, whereas at the Dragons he was a 39 average uh, centre. So he's a hold this week. I think, uh, see how he goes. If he's named at centre again next week, I think he's a sell. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so I've got that uh, ownership on Hudson Young for you boys. He's owned by 1.12% and in the top 1,000, 0.10%. Ooh, that's a very good pod. Very good very pod. Good. So, yeah, wow. Imagine that. Pick him up and he gets 70s from now on in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next one's for Robbo. Nathan Scarlett. Is Cooler a sell or does he have more money to make? Looking at upgrading Butcher to IPAPS and Cooler to Kennedy. Actually, a good question, actually. And it's not like I prompted Nathan to ask this question because I did actually talk about Cooler in the uh, the Mercato article last week. So ideally with Cooler, we'd like to have him as that 19th, 20th man because he has that very handy dual position, wing fullback centre. In saying that, he is 432k now. So if you do have other cheaper options in your outside backs that you've got there sitting in 2021, he's not the worst candidate to either cash down or, or upgrade. Um, you know, you could go down to a Kennedy, for example. That nets you probably close to 200 grand. Kennedy gets you a negative three in round 17. Let's go. Um, but no, it does open those opportunities up. So yeah. Look, for me, not a sell, but depending on your team, if you've got a large amount of outside backs, he might be the one that you look to move on. In terms ne- of... Sorry, I was going to oh, say, can, can can he's go. negative three or he's 45? <laughs> no, he, he can't have both. <laughs> um, second part of that question in relation to Butcher, to Papali'i and Kowata Kennedy, which, not oh, funnily enough, that's what he mentioned there. Yeah, look, I don't have any issue with Kowata Kennedy, provided you've got that outside back cover or a way you've getting that outside back cover nice and easily. Butcher to Papali, yeah, go for it. I mean, with Papali, you could wait a week if you wish to do so. He is named on the edge, although I do note that in the last game, I think he did spend a bit of time in the middle, although there's been some media chat from um, Brad Arthur in the not-too-distant past suggesting that, look, he realises the best way for the Parramatta team to win games is with Isaiah out there on the edge. So, yeah, I would do that one this week. If you're set on Papali, do it this week. Don't worry about his high BE because Butcher's higher BE is much more of a concern um, than the Eels um, enforces BE. Nice. Uh, this one's from Dylan Simons for Joey. 
Can you walk on water? No, no. <laughs> I'm pulling your leg, pulling your leg. <laughs> Is the trade from Cotter straight back to, to Paps a good move or nah? I've got like three trades left. <laughs> wow, mate. Wow. <laughs> oh, we've lost him. He's he's probably gone walking on water or something. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll go to the next question while, while he sort of uh, um, comes back. Right, we've got Jordan Graham. This one's for you, Kyle. Twal and to Barnett. If ruled out for the year, the best options around 600K. Yeah, I don't mind the Twal to Barnett. Um, that's a good trade. We've spoken about Barnett, and I think it's a safe option. Unfortunately for Twal, you know, he was going real good off the bench there. Uh, whether he started or off the bench, he was doing well. But unfortunately for him, it looks like he's gone for uh, for, for for the year. Um, so, yeah, I think Barnett's a great option. We have talked about some other options around... Um, around uh, 12, um, as I said, we talk about um, uh, Tyson Frizzell as well. But some other options that I've, I've, I've looked at here, some safe options being um, Tamalolo. Doesn't play round 17, but if you're looking for a final team uh, player, Tamalolo is uh, probably in there. Uh, it's just a little hard to say with the minutes, and but we know around this time he's going to get some minutes. And with Cotter out, it does help him as well. So um, I think he's safe. There's some other ones you could look at that are a little bit more risky in uh, Latrell and Ramian if you want to go there. But there's someone that I've been looking at, the 627K that's only been brought up, very limited. That's Big Keon. Um, you know, his last three matches, 40, 65, and 61 in his last three games. The last three have uh, average of 55.3. The 65, it's 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 actually quite funny to note, the 65 he scored was five missed tackles and a penalty conceded, so you could have seen him gone north of 75 points there. Um, and he, he has been looking really, really solid for the Rabbitohs on that edge. So if you want to look at someone like a, a little pod in, uh, in, in Keon Kulamatangi, it could be a good option. I actually really like that shout there. It uh, looks like Joey's resurrected from the dead over here. Um, Joey, did you want to uh, – do, I'll repeat the question. Is is the trade from Cotter straight back to Pabs a good move or nah? I've got like three trades left, just yeah. like you have lives left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no worries. So I was talking about earlier, uh, for me, for trade, he's not back to round 20. Whether a straight swap to Pappenhauer – and now he's got two lives left. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him two seconds. One, two. Okay. We'll move, <laughs> we'll move, to, we'll move to the next one. All right, Robbo. Rory McChesney. Uh, oh, this is a great question. Frizz or Barnett, gun to your head, potential butchered trade out. Just want to put it out there. I don't think Rory actually put the phrase "gun to the head" in there. Just, just to make sure no one thinks that Rory's a, um, you know, an outrageous a serial killer of our society. <laughs> yes, but I do get the premise of the question. So, funnily enough, as I deferred you to uh, earlier in the show, I like both of these options. So, the thing is, if you're looking at these two players, say you're only buying one. I mean, Barnett does have the upside of being cheaper. For me, the dual position part of the equation is overrated because, let's be honest, nearly every single team that's been actively playing this year probably has four or five duels. You've got Josh Jackson, Angus Crichton, Adam Elliott, Papali'i, Madison, um, people you know, that have already got Barnett and so forth. Oh, Toll Harris, sorry, that was the other one I was thinking of. Like, most people would have three or four anyway, so the dual position is probably not that important in that part of the field. So, for me... Frizzell does have the better job security because Barnett is off to the Warriors next year. Poor thing. Um, 
in saying that, if you're looking to, you know, smash, um, smooth your cap out a bit, I would probably be aiming to go Barnett, particularly if you're going this week. Go Barnett this week, and who knows, another player in your team might get injured, suspended next week, and then you can bring in Frizzell too and have both, and um, be like the uh, old, old Passel girl. <laughs> I like it. All right, we're going to give Joey one more time, and then we'll see <laughs> if we can move forward. Joey, you there? You got us? Yeah, hey, can you boys hear me? Yeah, we've got you now. Just be quick okay. before it runs out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be jumping onto Paps yet. He's just come back from an injury. Uh, you know, I, I think you can wait a couple of weeks just to see how he goes. Cotter's a definite trade for me. Uh, but also for Dylan, mate, you've got three trades left. So if you're making one, you're going to have two. You get four additional later on, but maybe just uh, maybe just Cotter to someone you don't have. So... Yeah, but I wouldn't be jumping on Paps right now. Nah, nice one. I think I'm I'm in green with you. All right, Joey, you're back again. (laughs) Hope your internet holds up. Is is Tungo a trade or a hold? Well, I sold uh, Tungo weeks ago, man. Um, But for me, he's a trade. He doesn't play around 17. I actually had some stats here. Just let me get them up for you. Yep. So in his last... Five games, if we look at uh, from 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, he hasn't scored a score over 50 since round 10, and that was against Melbourne. So I, I just don't think you can hold him. He's not going to play round 17. For me, it's a trade. Uh, there's lots of options. He's got that DDP, which is great, but there's plenty of options there that you can move to. Nah, I think you're spot on. Spot on there with uh, old Tungo. Uh, Kyle? Will Jordan, Michael's brother. Uh, for those of us who still have Payne Haas, is he a finally a sell? It's not the All Black, is it? <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, unfortunately, for Payne Haas and, and owners that have held him this long, I think you've got to cut your losses and get off. Um, he's lost so much money, and, and it's unfortunate. You know, everyone that held him like I did only up until a couple of weeks ago were kind of hoping for that resurrection. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Um, so, you know, I got off um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it looks like it's the right call, but unfortunately uh, lost a lot of money on him. Um, you know, I'm not worried about the shoulders now, but it's playing through that high ankle or the minor high ankle sprain. Surely that that's going to really deplete him from the attacking point of view. You know, we know whenever he goes real big is when he's got those big attacking stats. And I just think trying to run with a minor high ankle sprain is really going to deplete him off those attacking stats and quite likely is going to continue to be playing reduced minutes. You know, just think he played a pretty big part in that origin game. So, you know, he might be still a little bit sore. Um, and then also, you know, he's going to be out next week. He doesn't play the buy round, possibly gets rested for round 18. We might not see him until round 19. Um, so a lot of negatives there and it's just leans me to, to selling him. No, nah, I think you're spot on, and it's unfortunate, but it'd be good for us when we pick him up at 500k in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Straight swap for correct. <laughs> uh, all right, last one for Robbo. Matt Ferguson, who is two, is a two-part question. Who is the cheapie of the week, and is Offhand Gowie a buy? Two fantastic questions, actually. And mm. Unfortunately, we don't know what Matt's team situation is in terms of what he's looking for in the cheapie, so... My my part of this, sort of this part of the season, I would be looking at a cash out 
So you're either looking at a Will Kennedy that's a break glass in case of emergency, give you around 17 score top operator. Very or, thick glass, very thick glass. <laughs> yes. Or you go through the um, perspective that I do sometimes in some years where you actually buy a player that is not going to play and just ends up being a red red dot looper for you, which you do if you're going to buy someone enough to round 18, which I think from memory, and it's in the um, the Mercado article from last week, I think the Tigers are the best for that if you're looking to buy a looper. Ideally buying, I think it was a wing, winger fullback center is probably the best um, to buy. But for this week, if we're looking at a cash down, Kennedy's your man. If you're looking for... You know, a late cash grab, which, you know, it's a bit risky to be doing at this time of the season. Obviously, you've got Ronald Volkman at the Warriors. You'd think they're going to give him games. Stacey Jones is, um, you know, probably quite keen to actually, you know, get some first grade 40 into him and to see what he's got. So he's there. I don't think he's going to do amazing, but he is available. The other one is uh, one of your um, eels there, Andy, uh, Kai Rodwell. Played a grand mm. total of about three minutes last week for a score of zero. <laughs> but more interesting last year, thanks to com. Other stats providers are available. 44 and 52 minutes last year in round 25 against the Panthers, which was pure base. So if he gets some minutes, which, hey, look, if Ryan Madison's um, ribs aren't holding up, he might actually get a crack. And from some of the Eels fans, I know they're quite big on um, Rodwell's prospects. So, look, have a look at him this week. His break-even's over 30. Probably not ideal to bring in this week if you're looking for that cash up. Um, But... Uh, for me, he's someone you can maybe have a look at to boost uh, into round 17. As for Mr. Offhangawi, he's priced at what he's going to deliver. So he's in that 700s, low 700s there. I've no issue with buying him. He's obviously not going to you know, be an elite mid, which isn't necessarily a massive issue if you're looking to build up your, say, your 17th best player in your squad. And you go for him, he gives you around 17 score as well with 12 seemingly out for either the rest of the season or most of the rest of the season. His role's not going to change. He's going to get those big minutes. He's going to keep tackling, offloading, the odd tackle bust. Who knows? Maybe he might grab a try um, sometime soon because the last time he claimed up getting a try, he missed the line by ages. So I don't mind him. I do think there's better options out there, but if you've got your heart set on Joe Hoffer and Gowie, I'm not going to stop you from buying him. He, he has shone out of nowhere, hasn't he? <laughs> Especially from last year. When people had him in the team, I was like, no, he's not an option. Oh, okay. He's actually an option. <laughs> he trapped a lot of people last year, funnily enough, because he started quite well. It was the game against the Raiders. I think he scored 60-odd and was just tackle-busting left, right, and center. Like He was just picking on whoever the hooker was and just running at him, palming him off three points, palming off three points. And at the Broncos, he did have some stretches where he averaged like a point per minute 50. Um, back in like 2019, but yeah, it's yeah, he's shot up to 700 grand and not been highly owned. He's he's been a real shock this year. All right, get, guys, that wraps us up for the for round 16. Um, <laughs> cracking episode. Well done, boys. We all done well. I think you do two debutants done well. Probably better than me hosting the show, I reckon. But <laughs> no, nah, loved loved having you guys and looking forward to continuing doing this for the next couple of weeks, boys. But guys, just before we go, don't forget. Game day squad competitions to win packs on NFT cards and rugby league merch competition to win a $40 gift voucher will be out Thursday and Friday at 12 p.m. So visit the page to enter the comps. And that is us. So signing out, guys. Everyone, any last words before we go? Uh, yes, Andy, I'll jump in. Uh, so on a scale of one to a thousand, by how many points are the bunnies winning on the weekend? Um, how do you go minus? Uh, minus 10. <laughs> <laughs> No, if Matto if Matto plays, we might have a chance, but no. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Joey? 
Uh, Roosters at five dollars fifty eight. Juicy odds. They'll get the nice. win against the uh, the Westies. I live out in the West here, and uh, can't wait to wear my jersey to Panthers. And Cole, go on, plug your Warriors. Come on. Yeah, I'm backing up any Warriors to the Warriors narratives this week, and I'm fully <laughs> backing TK for uh, Reese Walsh and five tries. Oh, I'm backing him too. Well, I think we're all backing him. We're all on him. <laughs> well, we are. I line into the game. <laughs> I thought you were. Yeah, that's your everyday ritual for you now. Oh, come on. <laughs> all right, guys. See you, listeners. That's us for today. See you. Catch you next time.